As has already been mentioned, Pastor Josh said we've been engaged in this series now for several weeks called How Does Your Garden Grow? You're looking out right now at this time of the year. We're seeing all the fields being uh, planted and dealt with and whatnot. And uh, I felt back a number of weeks ago that it would be an awesome time to just be reminded again that uh, God has that same, he desires that same process at work in our own hearts and lives. We've looked at the different steps one would take to grow a garden and look to apply those same truths and principles to the spiritual garden of our lives. We found out that step number one is you have to have a place to have a garden. If you have no spot, if you have no place, it's pretty tough or difficult to start the process. Paul, when writing to the Corinthians, said to them, uh, on one occasion, you, meaning those young believers, those new believers, you are God's garden. That your heart, your life is the place that God is looking to take possession of that he might grow something meaningful in your life. If we are to be God's garden, then we must grant him permission doesn't just happen. We have to say, Lord, you have access to my heart and to my soul. It's yours. Do in me what you would want to do. So there must, there, God must have a place to be at work. If we're constantly uh, tuning him out, if we're constantly ignoring him, uh, pushing him to the side... Uh, it's very difficult for him to be able to do what he needs to do. Which brings me to the second aspect of gardening, the condition of our soil. In order for the soil of our hearts to be able to receive the good seed that God wants to plant there in us, we must be aware uh, that we, we, we need some preparation, we need some cultivation, we need some things to take place in our hearts to allow this, the, the seed to take root properly. I think we could all uh, agree on this, this this morning. In all of our hearts, there are some hard places. In all of our hearts, there are some right, hard places. There are some stony places. There are some thorny places. Some stuff has gone on in all of our hearts and lives that has affected our soil. And we must, be, have God, we must give God access and permission to do what he needs to do to deal with those places. Which brings me to the, to the third phase. He cultivates and makes the soil into good soil so that there can be a sowing of seed. It would be utterly foolish. Think about this for a minute. It would be utterly foolish if you said, I want to have a garden there in that spot and I'm going, to, I'm going to cultivate the soil but I'm not going to bother planting the seed. That would be foolishness, right? And we can present our lives and our hearts to God and say, Lord, do in me what you would want to do. We can even say, Lord, I give you permission to deal with the stony places, the thorny places, uh, you know, the places that need your attention. I give you permission to do that, but I'm not going to give myself to your seed. 
I, I, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to. I, I said to you on the week we talked about this. The seed is God's word. The seed is the activity of the Holy Spirit in our life. And if we say, well, you know, I'll let God roam around in there a little bit. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to give myself to the seed. I'm not going to open the pages of this book. I'm not going to ask for the Holy Spirit uh, to do his work in my heart. If we aren't, if we aren't um, intentionally, that's the key word. You know, there's no, there's no fairy dust. There's no spiritual fairy dust that happens at night when you're sleeping. It's not like, you know, you go to sleep and God shows up in your room and sprinkles little Holy Spirit fairy dust over you, right? And you wake up in the morning and say, whoa, what happened? You know, that's not generally how it works. Generally, how this thing works is I avail my life to God. I say, Lord, you're, you're, my, my, heart, my heart has room for you, right? And then, and then I take... I take the prescription that God has given to us in his word. I, I read the word. I say, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are mourned. I read it. I, the seed is in here. It's in here. I read and I take in the seed. And I say, Holy Spirit, help me to understand and know what that means for me in the here and now. I take a portion of scripture, the seed of his word, and I let it penetrate down deep in my heart. And then after that seed gets planted, things begin to take place. Stuff starts to happen because I've availed myself uh, to God and the seed of his word and Holy Spirit. You can't expect fruit in your life if you're not giving yourself to God's seed in your life. No seed, no fruit. That's how it works, right? I said to you a moment ago, you know, so I think some people think, well, it just happens through osmosis, you know? God's going to do this somehow. Whatever. Listen, I, when I read in Scripture, the only thing that happens when we're asleep is negative. Jesus said on the heels of the parable in the sower, he talked about the parable of the weeds. And he says, while the man slept, sleeping is a metaphor for you and I being checked out. We're not engaged. We're not being intentional about our spiritual well-being. We're just coasting along. That's what the Bible means about us being asleep. We're not being proactive. We're not, we're not taking responsibility for our spiritual welfare. We're just kind of going along and, you know, maybe hoping we bump into God somewhere along the way rather than having regular appointments with him. When, when it, Jesus said, when the man was sleeping, the enemy came in and sowed weeds. So when you and I are just lackadaisically going on and not intent, being intentional about God and his garden inside of us, I see only negative things happening. The enemy is sowing constantly. So, and, and whether we like to think about it or not, some of that we're picking up along the way. And we, we need God's sowing in our life 
to be uh, an obstruction and an antidote to that. Okay, enough about that. So the seed has to get sown. That's the third phase in gardening. Then the fourth phase, Pastor Josh talked about it the week he, he had an opportunity to speak, and he, that, that, that was about the caretaking part. Like you just don't uh, till the soil, plant the seed, then walk away from it. Not a true gardener, right? I was speaking with my buddy on the phone down in Pennsylvania yesterday, giving him an update on my situation, and he said, uh, he, I, I told him, I said, you know, Jody got our, 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 our he's a big gardener, he says, uh, uh, he said, <clears throat> I told him, I said, we got it rototilled. And I said, she's going to be giving you a call this week uh, because she's looking to plant the garden. And this way he said to me, he said, tell her this. Don't plant the garden all at once. He said, he said this guy's really into gardening, okay? I mean, he's all in. He said, don't plant the garden at once because every species of plant has its own recipe. He said, you want a gardener takes his time. And he tends to the soil for that given, whether it's beans or tomatoes or whatever. He, he works with that soil as it relates to that particular species of plant. He said, a farmer, this is what he said to me. I came off the phone, I told my wife. He said, you know, anybody can do it. Anybody can be a farmer. He says, but a gardener, a gardener takes his time. This guy's not a Christian, Right? I said to him on the phone, I said, Marty, you have no idea what you're saying to me right now. You have no idea. I said, you'll be in tomorrow's sermon, you know? And he's like, yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, uh, he just is not quite into that yet, but we're working on it. God's working on it. You've got to take care of this thing. Pastor Josh talked to us a couple of weeks ago about this caretaking factor, the pruning, the, 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 the caring for what's growing, what's taking place there. You, you, you got to give some time and attention to it. There'll be weeds to contend with. And even the healthy plants uh, that are growing need some tending so that they can become even more fruitful. I was uh, many years ago... Uh, uh, well, I never, we never gardened. My family never gardened growing up. My, my dad uh, tells a story that uh, his dad was kind of a, a, a taskmaster. He was kind of a, a thing. And, and my dad, uh, uh, you know, he was always having to work in the garden. And so when my dad uh, started to have his family, uh, he said, we're not doing gardens. As bad, as bad memories for me, right? So we never had a garden growing up. Then I married Jody and met her and said, well, can we have a garden? And I'm like, I don't want to do garden. I garden. Garden's not in my past, right? So uh, anyway, she convinced me we've been, we've been doing the garden thing. So anyways, well, she's been doing the gardening thing and I've been watching. It's been, it's been very nice, very nice, very nice. I like it. Um, anyways, there's this caring uh, thing and anyways this uh, <clears throat> this friend years ago when we first started gardening he came came around a little bit and he said you know you see those tomato plants right there I said yeah he said he said you, you got, we got to pull off we got to sucker that thing said, what sucker he said yep we're going to take off some of the branches so these other ones can uh, receive the, the 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 nourishment from these other uh, from, from you know you know you know what I'm talking about right so. There they was pecking off, pecking off branches. And at the time I thought, wow, how, 
uh, how non-productive that seemed, but in the end, it, 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 it made a big, big difference, which, that's phase four. I want to talk about phase five today, the final phase of gardening, the harvest. The harvest. If I was to call what I wanted to talk to you about this morning, I would call it the, uh, the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest. Now, can we all agree this morning the whole point of having a garden is the harvest? That's the whole point, right? That's why we, we till up a particular area. That's why we go out there and we, we, we take, you know, deal with the soil properly. We, we put the seeds in. We, the whole point of all of it is the harvest. God said this. He says, as long as the earth is around, there will be seed time and harvest. Seed time, time of sowing seed and harvest. God has set this in place as a natural law that, in his words, will never change. Now, we know drought affects that. There's other things. But the point of it, like gravity, it's never gone away. It's there. It's in place. God says, as long as there's earth, there will be a time for planting and a time for harvest. Harvest is the celebratory end of all the labor that goes, goes into having a healthy garden. Harvest is what we can expect when we give God proper access to our hearts and lives. Harvest is what we can expect when we allow him to tend to the soil of our lives. Harvest is what we can be assured of when we allow the seed of God to be planted down deep in our hearts. Harvest is what we look forward to when we go through the weeding out of things and the pruning of things in our lives. It's all about the harvest. Yes, there is seed time. Yes, there is planting. But all of it is in preparation for an expectation of the harvest. I found this interesting. Israel has seven celebratory feasts in its yearly calendar as a, as a, uh, uh, as a, as a religion, right? As a, they have seven celebratory feasts that they uh, get involved in. Four of them have to do with harvest. It's all about the harvest because God wants to be known as the Lord of the harvest. That's how he wants to be known. He wants to be known as one who generously gives to people a harvest. You there? Of fruitfulness. He doesn't want to be known as the Lord of slim pickets, right? Like, well, how about your God? What's he's like? Well, he's the God of slim pickets. You know, you don't get a whole lot, right? He's not the Lord of lack. He's the Lord of abundance. That's how he wants to be known, as the Lord of abundance. This, it's in the abundance, it's in the plenty, it's in the harvest that the glory of the gardener is seen. Remember, we're talking about God being the gardener of our hearts and lives. If you and I are not producing fruit, the gardener, it was like, where's the glory? Where is the fruit? Now, <clears throat> in the natural, 
If someone, Eileen, I know she's usually down working with kids right now, right? She's down dealing with kids. If, if any of you have met Eileen Britton, you know that she grows beautiful flowers. It's her, it's her passion. It's her hobby. And up there at the place where they live in Couriers, you can go into their backyard and it's like being at Son Sonnenberg, Sonnenberg Gardens. Is that a place in Rochester I think we've been to before? It's absolutely beautiful. She grows beautiful flowers. But whether we're talking about flowers, tomatoes, zucchini, pumpkin, squash, or corn, there is no glory in the roots or the stock. There's no glory. Nobody, nobody says, hey, come on over and see my roots. <laughs> Man, you should see the stock I got going. <laughs> nobody does that, right? You don't show up to glory over that. You glory, up, you glory over the fact that there is an abundance of luscious uh, produce, right? That's what the glory is in. At the fair every year, here at Wyoming County, we always end up taking a troll through the, uh, through the buildings where they give all the blue ribbons and red ribbons and stuff like that. Now, when you go in there, this is how I understand it works. I've never participated myself. My children have. But I've, I've, I've never taken anything there. Have we ever taken anything there? No. Hello? We ever taken anything to the fair? Oh, my wife's taken flowers before. Okay, great. So, anyways, thank you. Thank you for joining us here. Thank you. Thank you for coming and being a part of the service right now. Praise the Lord. It's all right. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. They don't, this is what I know. They don't give blue ribbons for slim pickets. No. You don't go in there and see a, a frizzled up bean with a blue ribbon on it. You don't see a squash that looks like it's way past prime. It's got a blue ribbon on it. You, they give blue ribbons, the glory is in the, pro, the, the lusciousness of the produce. That's where the glory is. And the same is true of God's work in our life. We want, we all say we want God to get the glory, right? He gets the glory when we are bearing fruit abundantly. That's when he gets the glory. I want to take you to a verse this morning. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, and I want, to show, I want to try to show you something of how this works. In 2 Corinthians 10, 9, 10, Paul writes, he says, Now he, meaning God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Let me read that. I want to read it again. Now he who, meaning God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest 
of your righteousness. I want to try to break this verse down here quickly now and describe to you what I believe Paul to be saying. If you remember, I said to you a few weeks ago that God got this, this whole garden thing started by planting a garden for mankind from the very beginning. Remember that? I said, for those of you who were here that week, it's not like he said to man, hey, listen, I need you to till the ground. I need you to do a few things here. I need you to go and find some seed to plant for yourself and so and so on. He said, no. He said, I'm going to start it off by giving you a completely uh, all-provided-for garden. And he took man and he placed him in that garden. It's right there in Genesis, right? That's what it tells us. And in that moment, in that moment, <clears throat> he, in the plants of that garden, it tells us that he provided seed in those plants, seed-bearing plants, so that they could take the seeds from that point forward, from those seed-bearing plants, plant those seeds, and have those seeds produce yet more harvest. You got it? That's how God started this thing off. That those seeds in those plants would end up being a perpetual succession of seed time and harvest. God has given us, listen now, God has given us the authority to determine our destiny. I, you, apparently you didn't catch it. In doing that, in doing what God did, in supplying us with what we need, he gave us the ability to determine our destiny. You can take those seeds, and if you plant them, you will continue to enjoy a harvest moving forward. If you eat all of the stuff and don't take any of the seeds or plant any of the seeds, then that's the end of the process. You got it? It's as though he was saying to Adam and us, I'm giving you seed. If you plant the seed, it will then, <clears throat> it, it, it will be for your provision. If you plant it, then it won't, if you, if you don't plant it, it nothing's going to grow. If you do plant it, it will grow. You'll be able to eat from it, uh, and, 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 and enjoy this process moving forward. It will lead to a fruitful destiny for you. This was God's way of giving us what we need to live an abundant life. You don't have to come up with your own seed. He'll give you the seed. That's why it says here, he gives seed to the sower. Now, I told you back a couple of weeks ago, too, that when Scripture talks about this whole gardening metaphor, sometimes it speaks of our lives as being the soil, but then at other times it speaks of us being the sower. Uh, in this particular verse, here in 2 Corinthians 9, it's talking about our lives as though we were sowers. Not the soil right now, but the sowers. And so God, from the very beginning, God intended for man to be a sower of seed. 
Not just the soil that God's tending to and working with, but we are also sowers as well. Now when seed gets sown into healthy soil and all the conditions are as they should be, the result is a harvest. You are now able to take from that which was sown and be satisfied with the food that you benefited from sowing the seed that God gave you, right? You grow stuff, and one of the things I love is summer squash. So my wife, you know, she usually tries to put in a little summer squash. And I don't know about you, but I like it fried in a pan with lots of butter, right? Praying to God, the guy says that's not what the kidney stones are about. But anyways... I like it fried in, in a butter. And, and, you know, it's that seasonal thing, right? You know what I'm talking about. You get it fresh out of the garden. She comes in. She slices it up, puts it in a pan, uh, kind of uh, pan fries it there in the pan. And it's just, for me, I love that. That's, that's the die for. So we're taking some of our harvest, right? And we're, we're being satisfied ourselves. God wants you satisfied. Wow. I'm telling you, God wants you satisfied. He wants you to know him as the Lord of the harvest. The one who has given you abundance. And now you recognize his, his generous hand in your life. He wants you satisfied. But, but he, also, he also wants you to take from your abundance and be a blessing to others. Hello? I'm going to, this is what 2 Corinthians is saying is, if you cooperate with me in this, and you allow me to be the gardener of your life, and you allow me to do my work in your heart and life, I am going to make you so satisfied, abundant, the harvest will be large. You will have so much for yourself that you can share with others. In this... uh, in this passage that we're looking at here, it's thought that quite likely uh, Paul would have had wheat in mind, right? He would have been thinking about, because uh, he used the phrase bread for food, that he was thinking about a wheat harvest. And that, that the people would go out and they would take that, you know, the, the, the stalks of wheat and they would shake the seeds off and it would go through the threshing process and so forth and so on. And that they could take then that wheat that they had grown, that abundance of wheat that they had, and they could crush it and use it to make bread for themselves, right? But God is saying here, I want to give you so much that you have, you have so much fruitfulness, abundance, that it ends up spilling over and out to other people around you. <clears throat> now, You all know what I'm talking about. Just think zucchini. That's all you got to think. Just think zucchini. You probably heard about the lady who left her zucchini in the car while she went into the store shopping. Did you hear about her? She came back out. Her car had been broken into, and there were three more zucchinis inside. (laughs) 
You all know what I'm talking about, right? When somebody's having a bumper zucchini year, like, dude, hey, you want some zucchini? Here's some zucchini. You want some zucchini? And we all know there's, in my opinion, there's only so much you can do with zucchini. There's so much. God wants to enlarge the fruit and harvest in our hearts and lives so that it ends up, uh, this abundance ends up coming up and over and out of us into the hearts and lives of others. This is the enlarged harvest of righteousness that Paul speaks of here. We ought not to consume all the seed God gives us on ourselves, but share the bounty of what God has blessed us with, with others. The nuance of this verse gets borne out beautifully in the message translation. Let me read it for you. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into fully formed lives, robust in God, healthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, produce, producing with us great praise to God. So, so I, I started with you in the very beginning. How does our garden grow? What, 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 what is our garden? What is the spiritual garden of our lives look like? Is there, is there, do you see fruit, fruit coming forth? Is there something there happening? God wants it so much so that not only are you satisfied, but out of his abundance in our life, it ends up spilling out over onto others. God intended for you and I to be seed sowers in everything we do in life. Our words are seed. Our actions are seed. Our very lifestyle is a seed to others out there. This is the law of harvest. A man reaps what he sows. You will never change that. You can never defy that. A man reaps what he sows. Harvest is the whole point of gardening. God wants to sow his good seed into our hearts that are in, that, that he, where he finds good soil, and a harvest is the outcome. That the one who is providing a place for God to do his gardening work is intentionally cooperating with the process might know a bountiful harvest in their own hearts and lives, but such a bountiful harvest that they would be purposely looking for other people to give their bounty away. Hello? Now I want to in, in closing, I want to I want to I want to bring all this kind of into a point of uh, conclusion. The first thing that I want to say to everybody in here today, I am not talking about having a natural flower or vegetable garden. Please don't go out of here after these weeks and say, "Wow." Well, Pastor Jeff told me I need to grow a garden. <laughs> I don't care whether you grow a garden out there in the dirt or not. That's not what I'm talking about. Please don't get confused. I'm amazed what people hear when I talk. 
I heard what you said. I was supposed to go get zucchini seeds. I didn't say that. Please don't go get any zucchini seeds. There's only so much you can do with zucchini, okay? Please don't walk away thinking you have to go and buy yourself a rototiller, okay? It's not what I'm talking about. What I want you to walk away from today is walk away knowing that you are God's garden. You are the, 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 ch the choice of his planting. You are the place that he'd like to get involved with. Your heart, your life. In growing and developing something in you that would bring him glory. Please walk away with that understanding. Your heart is his soil. He is looking for you to open up your heart, your lives in such a way that he's able to do what he needs to do that in the end will bring about a great harvest for you. I want to leave you where I began. Remember the first week or so I told you that the Lord, I felt like the Lord spoke to me these words, so to please the Spirit. What's that mean? What does that mean? So to please the Spirit. I said to you, I don't know when. You can only grow what you sow. You can only grow what you sow. Jesus said this. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. That Jesus spoke those words when he was having a spiritual conversation with Nicodemus and he was talking about a man being born again and this whole issue of, well, how can a man go back into his mother's womb be born again? And, and then Jesus at the tail end of that conversation says, flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. If you go back and you look at the Greek word for giving birth there, it can mean uh, the birth of a person, the birth of a child, the birth of a baby. But that same word is used as a gardening term about that which springs forth from a seed that has been planted. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. You and I have a role to play in what it is and what gets grown in our lives. Even as believers, even as people who ascribe to what Christ has done for us, we can still, listen now, we can still 
give birth to flesh. If we are sowing flesh, we will give birth to flesh. Hello? If all you are focusing on in your life or paying attention to in your life or giving yourself to in life are flesh-type things, that is what you grow. So, you know, I was thinking of you, Brandon, this week and why my prayers are so uh, with you and for you in light of the adventure God has you on is as a born-again, spirit-filled believer, you could go into this situation that God's taking into you and you could give, sadly, sadly, you could, in your flesh, give birth to flesh. Does anybody know what I just said? If you've ever seen Christians doing it, you'll notice it. Flesh giving birth to flesh. It happens in politics all the time. They're trying to solve problems. They're trying to solve a fleshly problem through fleshly ways of solving the problem. You can't do it. All you end up getting at the end of the thing is more flesh. So, so what we've got to be, what we're supposed to be looking to do is making sure that we are in that latter part of what Jesus said, spirit giving birth to spirit. We know what the fruits look like, right? But the scriptures made that abundantly uh, obvious to us. The, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are the, we know what that fruit looks like, right? Or it's supposed to look like. But the way we get from here to there is sowing to please the Spirit. We, that means we, we intentionally in our lives say to our own flesh, Lord, I know that I could, I know that I could come at this thing in my flesh, but I want to once again, give you access to the garden of my heart because I want to sow to please the Spirit. So as you are at work in me, my response is not one of fleshliness. My response is one of spirit. Do you know if you do that, your workplace will go much better? Hello? your marriage will go much better because instead of you trying to respond to the problem you got with your spouse, instead of flesh giving birth to flesh, now all of a sudden you're saying, Lord, let me be spirit-driven here. Let me be spirit-led here. Let me walk in the spirit, cultivating, sowing to please the spirit. You get a spirit outcome. You get a spirit-filled, fruit-filled outcome. This is not rock and science, folks. You get what, whatever you sow. You only can grow what you sow. That's it. That's all. 
so to please the Spirit. Allow God to have access to your heart and soul. Work with Him. Work with Him. Just work with Him. Work with God. Say, Lord, where are those where are those thorny, stony, hard places in my heart and soul? Places that have been stomped on and trampled and somebody dumped their, some waste management pulled up and dumped the whole load right there on my front lawn. Lord, help me to deal with those places. We all have them, folks. You're kidding yourself if you don't think you don't. Allow him to work with the soil. Allow his word and his spirit to get sown every day in my life. Lord, let your word, let your word fall upon the soil of my heart. Let the good seed of your word bring about that that change in me, Lord. Permit him to do what he needs to do so that not not only will a harvest, will I end up seeing a harvest in my own life, but the harvest would be so great. There would be so much, there'd be so much love in my heart. There'd be so much joy in my heart. There would be so much peace in my heart that this stuff is just, here, you want some zucchini? I got some for you, you know? You want some love? I got some love. You want some? So abundant in our lives that it's just spilling out of us. A guy, I was at a function yesterday, and a guy says, he's, he's, he knew somewhat of what I've been going through, and he said, you know, I, you're just always so happy. You just, you come around, you just, no matter what's going on, you got joy going on. I'd like to think, I would like to think, that's because my heart is to sow to please the Spirit. I just want to please the Spirit. I want, this, I want God to be glorified. That's in my forefront of my thinking. God, that you would, that's the gardener of my life, that you would get the glory because of the fruit that is coming forth. May the seed of Christ be planted in us. And may the Lord of the harvest be glorified through us. Amen. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Oh, by the way, uh, remember a couple weeks ago, I, can't, I know you can't see it because it's not up high enough, but I just wanted to show you that we got stuff brewing here. We got stuff, we got stuff going on in our pot that we put seeds in. And uh, Jody's already, she's already done a little caretaking of it. There were probably at least that many or more. And she went through and started pruning, not pruning, what do you call that? Thinning, thinning out the different plants that are in there. Uh, maybe throughout the summer, we'll give you a little bit of an update as to what's going on with our, our little mini garden there we got going on. Father, I thank you for all the beautiful people here. And Lord, it's amazing what you... What, what, what you can do when we give you room. You can take you can take soil that's marginal at best and through the work of your presence in our lives, your Holy Spirit, us availing ourselves to you and 
what you would speak in us and sow in us, Lord. You're able to grow some beautiful things. You are able to do amazingly, abundantly, beyond anything we could imagine or come up with. That's who you are. You are, you are the God of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest, Lord. We recognize you as such, Lord, that, that, that you're, 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 not, you're, you're not the Lord of lack or slim pickings. You're the one who constantly wants to bless, Lord. You speak, your very word itself speaks fruitfulness to us. Lord, I pray for each and every one that's here today. Those that have been listening online. Lord, may... May you receive the glory. May you receive all the glory for any, any, any good thing that gets grown in any of our hearts and lives. For truly, one man can plant and another man can water, but only you cause things to grow. So, Lord, here's the garden of our hearts. We're entering springtime, seed time. In a few short months, we will, we will see the, the outcome of all that's taking place right now. And I pray, Lord, that as we move forward throughout the summer and into the fall, you would be at work in the hearts of our lives. Tending to the things that need tending to. And we pray as this cycle continues to go forward, Lord, once again, the whole point, the whole point is harvest, is fruitfulness, is abundance. I pray that over every life here, that each one of them would, would know their own harvest personally. I pray that each one here would know such an abundance of good things that you're doing in their lives that they couldn't help but talk about it with others. They couldn't help but share it with others. And it would just be spilling out all over the place. Bless us, I pray. More of you. More of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.